and unsurpassed penetrating and perfect dharma is rarely met with even in a hundred thousand million kalpas having it to see and listen to to remember and accept I vow to taste the truth of Antitarita's words. What I did on my summer vacation, <laughs> I, uh, I, mean, I went to Inverness and spent a few days at my family's house there, and that was wonderful. We went to the beach a lot, and uh, as it happened, nobody could um, join me, but it was fine, actually. One of the things for me about a vacation is that for that period of time, I, just, I don't have to worry about anybody, and I don't have to worry about anything, and I don't have to remind people, and I don't have to, da, da, nothing. And, uh, no suffering? <laughs> There's a little bit of suffering. <laughs> um, fortunately, or unfortunately, that house has Wi-Fi, so I could uh, listen to whatever news I wanted, and I'm sure I did. I don't remember. There's been so much going on with the trials and tribulations of the former president. It all sort of—it's just one big mush, you know. But anyway, it was wonderful going to the beach and all. But the the main thing was that these last few days I've been up high up in the eastern Sierras, which is a place. I love it's uh, sometimes it's kind of alpine and a lot of the time it's it's extremely high desert. I mean, I, I stayed at a place that was I think it was seventy five hundred, maybe eight thousand feet. <laughs> it's called Convict Lake, and the the the, the little uh, uh, they call it a resort. They have uh, lots of resorts in the Eastern Sierras, which are basically, you know, a little um, office store that sells candy and sundries and merch and a bunch of cabins. And their cabins are relatively funky. It's not, you know, my idea of a resort is someplace with tennis courts and I don't know what. Anyway, they call them resorts. So it's a resort, the Convict Lake Resort. And Convict Lake is, is so named apparently because a bunch of convicts uh, escaped in many, 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 I guess in the 1800s and hold up there. Not the best place to hold up. Because <laughs> it's a big, it's a huge ball surrounded by uh, cliffs and then above that, there's no, you know, it's a, there are the cliffs, are, some of it's above the tree line, and, and not that you can't get out of there by climbing, but you'd have to, you'd have to climb a lot. So I don't know what that big, I don't know if they made it or not, not made it out or not, but it's called Convict Lake. And um, the lake itself is quite beautiful, and people, they're, they're, they rent the boats, but not steamboat kind of boats. They call it a no-wake lake. And there's little pontoon boats, and, and uh, I figured that my dog, Rosie, would not be a fan. She doesn't like to swim. But it's quite beautiful.
and you can you can um, walk around it, which we did the first day, not all the way around, but halfway, not quite halfway. I, I find that as I get older and as my um, flabby lungs get a little flabbier, it becomes very difficult to breathe at high altitude. It's not so easy here, but it's really hard. And it's worth it. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to come back to that because there is a, I'm going to share a picture from, from the, uh, one of the cliffs around the lake. And the second day, we drove up to the uh, really high country uh, on the, just east of the eastern border of Yosemite National Park, which is nowhere near the valley. It's far east of the valley, and the, the uh, it's pretty close to 10,000 feet. And by the time you go anywhere, it is 10,000. And I went up to uh, a lake that I love, and I've been going to since I don't know how long. Just, I remember with my, my uh, parents and another family that we used to camp with at Tuolumne Meadows, and we would go, one, one of our outings would be to go to, Saddleback Lake and rent a boat and, and uh, go to the far end of the lake and, and I think that uh, some of the people would fish or something, I don't know. So I was, say, say the first time I was there, maybe I was 10, which would be 70 years ago, close enough. And used to be, and will be again, I hope, a, a water taxi. Nowadays, that I've been that I've used for a long time, you can it'll take you to the far end of the lake because the lake's about I think it's close to two miles long, and they would take dogs because it's not in the national park; it's it's in the uh, Inyo uh, National Forest. So anyway, so you could take your dog on the boat, and that made it that made it uh, easy because then you could. You'd have the energy for a hike by the time when you got to the far end, because there's these amazing lakes there, and there's a there's a there's a climb you can do up to what are called the, there's a mountain the big mountain is called Mount Kanes, and there's a there's some uh, you can climb up to these three uh, lakes called the Kanes Lakes. They're they're glaciated. I don't know if you know what that means. A, a glaciated lake. Is a sort of a milky uh, turquoise color, and uh, there it's really beautiful. Uh, I don't mind went swimming, and I can't really, I can't imagine. I wouldn't go swimming in any of those lakes. It's freezing. But then when I used to climb up to there, I've done you know various people in various times. Anyway, I and I uh, have always. For many years, I camped up there. I don't walk in campground. At any rate, um, I used to, my first hike was always to just to, to walk around the lake to the far end or back as a way to acclimatize myself because it was, uh, you know, even when I had, I did not have COPD, it, it was a lot. So that was, it was probably about it. Two and a half, three mile round trip 
but it's pretty level, so it's easier. So I went up there my second day this last week, and um, I I walked around, and there's no the, the, there was a gee about five years ago there was a, there was a huge snowfall in the Sierra, and there was most of the snow was something called Sierra cement. It was, it was very heavy, very heavy, dense snow, and it wrecked the. Uh, there's a there's a little other little resort there, and they, they also ran the like water taxi, and they're still in the process of of repairing all the the damage. And then last this last winter, there wasn't so much the snow, um, but the the uh, flooding afterwards that caused new damage. So someday they will be finished. I drop by and they're still working on it. So I went up to Saddlebag and I just walked as far as I could around the side and I got, I think I did two miles, maybe not quite. And it's, some people think it's really ugly, I don't think that. But it's not, the, the, the really beautiful lakes, and they're smaller, you know, they're on the far end. It's called the 20 Lakes Basin. But you have to pay attention to smaller things because a lot of it, uh, when you walk around, is is uh, kind of rocky and and uh, uh, mountain sides are. It's not bare, but it's little little bushes and scrubby stuff, and and you're walking on um, just it's just uh, rocky and pebbly. It's not, I don't know if you know what talus is. It's not talus because it's much smaller. Talus is when you're walking along and there's a slope and it's full of chunks of rock. You know, sometimes two feet in diameter, sometimes just a foot, but it's sort of a jumble of them. And it's stable enough, you can walk on it. And in fact, there's a path along the other side of the lake that's all talus, and I did it once. My husband and I did it, and we realized never again because <laughs> it's shorter, <laughs> but it takes twice as long because you have to kind of you know, plan each step. So anyway, I walked around the other side, and and you have to be I don't have to anything, I guess, but you you notice. I notice small things there. So it's not looking at a huge vista, though that's also available. But there, right, there are there were like there were a lot of flowers, probably you know due to the um, the snow lasting so long. And there, there's a, a seep where it comes. It's actually there's a little creek, but you can see it from a distance. There are two places that are close to each other actually, and all the way down the side of the mountain, it's real green. It's uh, in the Navajo country, you call that a seep. You know what we call it in the Sierras, but that's what I call it. And there are beautiful little gardens. And lovely, lovely flowers. They're often, by the time that I usually go after Labor Day, those things, they're, they're kind of dead <laughs> or, or dying. You know, they're sort of sad looking and 
Not now, not this year. So I walked around, um, about halfway, I guess, and came back and uh, survived. Yeah. 10,000 plus. And the uh, third day, I went to uh, the Rock Creek Trailhead. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. There's a place called Tom's Place. It's on Highway 395, which is the highway that goes along the eastern Sierras. And uh, uh, I guess Tom's, I don't know if it's just a restaurant. I've never been in there. I, I have friends that, I guess they have cabins or something. I have friends that stay there. It's, it's not high enough for me because it's right at the level of the road in the Owens Valley, so it's maybe 5,000 feet or something. But you drive from there up the Rock Creek Road, past Rock Creek Lake, <laughs> and you get to the, the end of the road is a parking area for the John Muir Wilderness. And so you can, you can hike from there and there's some lakes you can get to. So that was what I did the third day. It's one of the best things about it for me is that you, you get out of the car and you, but you get onto the trail and you walk about, I don't know, maybe 50 feet and you're walking alongside a really, really nice creek. Just a beautiful one, big enough. And, uh, and you just walk beside this creek and then eventually you get up to these lakes that I've never, I've never gotten that far. Like this, this one I got too late. And, but I, it's just a delight to walk beside that water. That's my, that's my uh, platonic ideal of, uh, of hiking in the Sierras, to be hiking beside moving water or clear, and or clear lakes, not the, not the slightly murky kind. <laughs> And again, there were amazing flowers. And of course, all three of those places, my dog can be off leash. So I went, um, I think about two miles that day altogether. She, I don't know how many, I don't know how many miles she did. She even met another dog that she ran with. So she was a very happy camper. And I had a tiny cabin at the Convict Lake Resort. And I had never been there. I've been to Convent Lake before, but never to the resort. And so there's a map, but you can't, you don't know what the layout is really. And I just, I chose really well. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what I was. I just, I chose one that was small and it was as far away from the sort of uh, restaurant and office store kind of place. And, and it looked sort of, looked like it looked, away from these, there's about 20 cabins, and I looked away from them. It was on the edge. And it turned out, that's right, it also turned out that it was up a hill, so it was, it was, it was nice. It was, it felt uh, kind of private. And it was, it was tiny. You walk in and there's a, there's a, there's a bedroom basically, that's what you walk into. And it had a big bed in it. I think, I guess it was king size, I don't know, but it was, um, that was what that was in that room. <laughs> and they sort of walk around the bed and then there's a little bathroom. And then you walk, turn to your left and there's a kitchen with a little table to eat at. 
that was that was it, and um, it was it was fine. And uh, the wonderful thing is, it was really dark. It was really dark, even though uh, there were other cabins around. And by the time people went to bed, the lights were off, and uh, and there were no street lights or anything. And it was wonderful. When I would walk the dog the last thing at night, we'd walk a little way away from the cabin, and then I'd turn off the flashlight and look up, and just you could really see the stars. It's such a great experience. So, one thing that really stays with me is an experience of um, the the uh, mountain side beside um, Convict Lake. Can you see this, you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See that face there? Yeah. Wait, face? Wait. Rock face or yeah. face? Does it look like Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. Yeah. Yes? Liam, no, yes? Uh, I'm not familiar with Jabba the Hutt, sorry. Star Wars image. Hmm. Liam, Jabba the Hutt is a monster bad guy in, uh, I don't know, I think in the first Star Wars movie or soon after. He captures Princess Leia. <laughs> well, they, you know, they, from when they came out, I'm talking about. I, I don't. Yeah. I've never, I've never watched it from first to whatever, including you know, from starting with a prequel. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> and and if you can't, I mean, if you don't know who Jabba the Hutt is, you can't picture him. He's quite monstrous. Anyhow, that uh, rock face is uh, above Convict Lake. And the first time I saw it was last year, and I was walking around the lake at twilight, and and I looked up and I saw it, and that was my first impression. The first thing that came to me was Jabba the Hutt, because Jabba the Hutt is sort of triangular, and uh, he's a very effective monster. I, I looked it up last night because I wasn't sure what, was it Jada or Jabba? So I had to look it up. And so there was a picture. That face is kind of, uh, now you know, uh, that face is kind of triangular. And slowly, as I walked around the lake last year, I kept looking at that, it sort of changed for me. And it, it felt, that face, it almost looks like it's winking. And it it, uh, it felt friendly and protective, and I began to think of it more as the old man of the mountain, like a, a guardian kind of person, but not unfriendly or uh, not one that was going to put the uh, female star in a chain. We <laughs> should have like a metal bikini or something. And so that became my image of that face. I could see it from my cabin. You couldn't see the lake because the lake was just over a little ridge. 
but I could see it, but it was from a different angle and you couldn't really see the face in the stone. But what I've been think, thinking about, the dharma of all this, is I was thinking of how our, I'm not going to explain this, um, Sarah, I can play, I'll explain it if you want later, but um, that, you know, our experience of the world grows out of the sum of our prior experiences and circumstances. Then right? sometimes we say that we make it up. We make up our experience. But it's not a, it's not a conscious thing that we do. We experience the world as coming from outside, as other, as over there. And then our practice is how do we receive it? How do we respond to it? To what our, I don't know, I'm going to say our, there's something called our storehouse consciousness, but our, our subconscious in a way. What, whatever it presents to me, how do I respond to it? And I'm not a big fan of uh, telling myself what my experience should be. Though I have been known to use positive affirmations and they've been helpful. So I would never say never. I think I finished that. I was just saying that my job is to respond to whatever seems to present itself as authentically as I can. I mean, it, I think it helps knowing that it's empty of all, of all essence. But my experience is it's presenting itself to me from outside and I respond to that with as little grasping after it and selfing as possible. And so that face on the mountain, you know, the first image that presented itself to me that arose in me was Jabba the Hutt. And if you look at it, at that face, you can, it's, it was obvious to me why, because it, it is so triangular and like, you know, heavy, heavier as it gets lower on the side of the cliff. Before I told you what I saw, I meant to ask you what you saw. But maybe go ahead, let's go ahead and look at it again and, and, uh, and see what do you, what do you see in that, if anything? Well, it is something, I'm sure there was the face, and then there was this extra thing there. So it is something your eye goes to. I'm not sure I would have said job in the hut, but it is sort of above everything. And I can see the protector concept. It's hard to answer what we talk about. I know, I'm sorry. I don't, I usually don't, I don't use notes that much, and so... <laughs> <laughs> to me, I can see it as kind of um, goofy looking, like having a sort of goofy half smile as opposed to like a menacing smile. Mm -hmm. um, sort of like like a, a, a dopey, half-awake, frog-like creature. <laughs> so, the first thing I saw was kind of an evil-looking 
because <laughs> this thing on the left looks like an, an eye and the other yeah. one's squinting and then there's that like crooked mouth at the bottom of the triangular shape it kind of looks like a grumpy <laughs> rock spirit or something i don't know it looks it, it looks a little menacing to me yeah grumpy rock spirit that's it <laughs> Yeah, I can see, I can see a face in this as well, um, but it has a smile, strangely enough. So two, two, two eyes and a smile. That's weird when, when he handed it back, I was like, oh, I'm just going to see John with that now, that's all I'm going to be able to do. Yeah. I actually kind of see a weird mastodon. Hmm. Just... Yeah, the, the tusk's a little far down, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I see all those, all those things, and uh, this is a little different angle, but because it, it does, I think that it, one eye looks. Here's, Kate said squinting, but it also sometimes looks sort of like it's winking. If you were around, because it's it's just a little bit. It's not right in the center. Anyhow, but just my point is that my mind changed it or changed about it or something, however you want to say that. Because I didn't, I didn't look at it and think, oh my God, Jabba the Hutt, what, what else did I see? Quick! <laughs> I didn't do anything. It changed itself to me. And, and I just think that's really, it's interesting and useful because it was nice to have a friendly spirit up on that mountainside, especially when I was staying there. And I have lots of pictures of him. It's it's just a useful reminder too. It is a useful reminder that our our minds have our, our subconscious minds, our alaya, our seeds, or whatever you want to call it, has so much to do in our experience. But it just it doesn't come out of nowhere. It just but it does, and it does. My my experience of it was that it simply arose. And I wasn't thinking about it. I just, you know, I got, I was walking opposite it, so along the lake. So I saw it, you know, for half an hour, an hour, and it just changed for me. And I'm happy that that happened. I could have gone the other way. And it's it's just nice to remember that my mind. Uh, presents itself to me, manifests itself, and uh, and then uh, it feels like it feels like a gift. Simply, oh, I got my mind binding, whatever you want to say. So that's uh, that's my that's my summer uh, summer camping report, or not camping, close enough. So, anybody have any? comments or shares or your own experiences of the mountains yes or whatever i was at um i was in la at uh, pepperdine law school and why i was there i'm not going to go into it was for a class but uh somebody had pointed out to me that that uh if you look on the hills sort of above the campus you can see this white cross and this guy said i'm planning to try to hike there at the end last day and I said oh yeah can I join you and he said sure and 
after the last day and everybody had, um, it was a five-day class, after the last day everybody had um, taken pictures and um, said goodbye, I couldn't find my, my new friend, so I thought, well, maybe I'll just hike up there myself. And I looked, and I looked at the horizon, didn't see it. I, I tried to have no preconceptions and look again, still couldn't see it. I tried several times and I just decided, I'm just going to walk around the campus and get some exercise that way. <laughs> it's really interesting. I couldn't make myself see it. <laughs> was it like a, a, a cross that was like made out of wood stuck in the... Yeah, probably. It was, a, it was pretty small. Like... Yeah. Oh, oh, so, but it seemed very obvious when you pointed it out to me and I, I was very surprised that I, it obviously was not obvious <laughs> the next day. Anybody else? Or anybody online? I just wonder, um, you know, we, people do tend to see faces in, in objects, mm -hmm. uh, either it's a car, you see the two headlights, and, oh, it's a, it's a person's face, or you're seeing in nature. I guess my question is, well, it's not a question, it's, it's amusing, you know, why is that? And, Maybe maybe deep down inside we do think that think that things are alive, maybe on some subconscious level, or or if we just impose our our you know, intellectual yearnings to see you know faces and, you know friendly faces and it's, uh, anyway that's amusing. I think, yeah, well, and, and we, I think we do do that, and, and uh, they say that that uh, the concepts of some concept of God is something that people make up in order to. Because we find it comforting, and and eyes are really important to us. So, no, it's natural for me to me that that's what we would sort of project onto things. We you know that this is just a rock. <laughs> right. Thanks. Yeah. That. I wonder what Rosie thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Because. We are talking about what we saw, like visual, that's important to us. But dogs live in this other world of smells. And I wonder if Rosie thought, oh, this smells like... <laughs> yeah, she wasn't close enough to smell it, but, yeah. but yes, that was her experience. It is her experience. And that's why it's so great to have her off-leash. Because dogs want to stop and sniff things and, and, and uh, explore stuff. and. She wants to climb up the side of the hill and down the blah, blah, blah. She doesn't swim, luckily, but um, anyway, yes. And so I love having her off leash where I can go for a walk and she can go five times as far as, but sometimes she's behind me, sometimes she's in front of me, sometimes she's up on the side of the hill, sometimes she's down, she'd go down at Convict Lake. You can go, the, the, the hillside is, most of the time is kind of, steep and not like a cliff but steep and and there are various ways down to the lake and so she would go down to the lake we went. but she does she can swim but she doesn't like to and she's really lousy at it because <laughs> she paused right by her face and she's <laughs> anybody else kate what's your name your dharma name run Shingo. And it means? Well, it means indigo blue, phoenix, 
And the second part is true walking. Okay. Why did you ask me? I think of of it as Blue Mountains walking. Blue Mountains walking. Okay. But it it says Phoenix, which I also like. That's a good name. Phoenix, Blue Mountain. Well, and we studied the mountains and rivers sutra. Yes. Yes. That wasn't occurring to me. I think Jabba the Hutt got in the way of me thinking poetically. (laughs) (laughs) Did you also Google what Google him? I could see Liam do it. No, actually, what I did is I Googled it. I took a picture and sent it to Liam. (laughs) So I I remembered. I kind of remembered. I I got into Star Wars with Sunny and stuff. So, so I remembered. But um, yeah, I'm a little uh, just back. We just got back yesterday from Chicago. So I'm a little. it's all right. It's not. It's, it's just. Uh, it was in my. It was my, what I thought of for you because you live in the mountains and you go hiking and when you look at them from a distance, they look blue sometimes. Mm. But you know, if once you when you when you when you see Java the Hut, it does take over your psyche for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really do monsters well in that realm. At any rate, anybody else? Beings are numberless, I am now to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it.